0: Arjuna sinks down in his chariot, his warrior's heart has failed him, his eyes stream with tears, his lips tremble, the great bow Gandiva drops from his hand, time itself holds its breath, for Kana, Kunti, for his brothers, for Krishna, for each differently, Arjuna is the point, the mainspring of the action. He is the hero on whom all the hopes of the Pandavas are pinned. The obstacle above all others Dhritarashtra's son sees as blocking his path to victory. Arjuna has fought scores of bloody battles. Exulting in the slaughter of enemies, cutting them down like standing fields of grain without regret. Never looking back. He is the supreme Kshatriya. The whole effort of his life is geared to heroism and glorious victory. But now he is unraveled by distress. He gazes at the rank on rank of kinsmen. They are so familiar, human, as he is. How can they be stranger to him than strangers? Death takes on new weight, sharper meaning. Whether this war brings victory or defeat, there will be no occasion for rejoicing striking his brow he growls aloud to krishna i will not fight a kshatriya enters battle to preserve dharma but how can it be right to strike our kinsmen coldly to kill those who have nurtured taught and grown with us look at all our cousins standing there and drona our revered guru and bishma Bishma, beloved grandfather to us all he looks so serene full of resolve has he not imagined how he will be to aim his arrows at the hearts of those joined to him by blood who once were children gathered round enraptured by his stories there are Duryodhana and his brothers sick with greed and anger but should we kill them? O Krishna, even though they are geared for war, even though they are blind to their own evil, and are themselves prepared to kill us, still, how can we, who know well what is sinful, do the same? When family is broken, the spiritual bedrock is destroyed, leading to every kind of social wrong and vile disorder. Chaos surely follows. Their force is much greater than our own eleven well-trained armies to our seven. But even if we are victorious, how could we be happy at such a cost? It would be better to let them kill us or to wander the world as mendicants. Better to give up the kingdom now than to gain it at the cost of so much grief. No, I will not fight. Krishna says, this is unworthy of you. You're speaking like a feeble-hearted weakling. Not like the noble warrior you are, get to your feet, scourge of your enemies. But how can I take aim against my elders who deserve from me my love and reverence? I sense already the familiar heft of Gandiva, flexing to unleash death on those I should be protecting. How can I cut them down as though they were rank weeds? Tell me how, Krishna, my thoughts are scattered, my mind is seething like a nest of hornets. You are my guide. My greatest, wisest friend, help me to understand where my duty lies. Krishna smiles as at a foolish child. Son of Kunti, your doubts sound honourable, but they spring from deep misunderstanding. You speak as if this life were all there is. But it is just one brief embodiment of the indestructible eternal soul. Bodies are born. They flourish, age, and die. But the soul, part of that greater spirit that infuses everything that exists, was never born and cannot be killed. That soul, the witness of our every thought and action, persists from one life to the next. It slows off its old and outworn body as one discards old clothes and puts on new. Wise people know this and do not lament you need to refine your understanding in this life nothing is permanent nothing can be held or truly owned the individual eye a person clings to the ego with a sense of past and future furnished with memories and with intentions is illusory time is the present an infinite parade of present moments to be experienced to be endured misery and pleasure equally Beings have mysterious origins. They emerge into the light, then disappear into shadow. Why should this cause grief? Within the framework of a single life, each person has their proper course, their Dharma. Within the framework of a single life, each person has their proper course, their Dharma. The path of righteous action they should follow. Depending on the stage they occupy, your Dharma is to fight that is your purpose that is what you were born for and for that praise singers will extol your memory long after you are dead think to refuse would lead to deep disgrace people would say when it came to it he was a coward what could be more miserable than that for a kshatriya Fight as a warrior should, and you cannot lose. Either you are killed and go to heaven or win and enjoy the kingdom. So gather your strength, Arjuna. Stand up. The wise mind is as clear as pure water. The unwise wallow in complexity. They cast about pursuing this practice, that ritual craving some benefit. Their senses agitate and minds distracted. Often such behavior is applauded. What a devout person, people say. But right understanding far outweighs such action. Follow duty for duty's sake. Without straining after its rewards, do not get caught up in pairs of opposites. Pain and pleasure, failure and success, but rather be strong-minded, equable. Let your action be informed by discipline. Practice contemplation. Undiverted by those who claim to understand the Vedas or by those addicted to results. Cultivate a calm and stable mind. Your own right understanding. Arjuna, only then will you escape delusion. Arjuna is still perplexed. Tell me, what are the qualities of a stable mind? A person who possesses such a mind is not agitated by calamity is free of craving and aversion both, is not unbalanced by the restless senses, but takes them for what they are and is unchanged. As the ocean receives the rippling waters of the rivers that flow into it and yet maintains its level, a stable mind is free from anger, constantly serene, filled with knowledge of the eternal self. But in that case, protests Arjuna, Why are you urging me to fling myself into this terrible war? Why should I not go to a forest ashram and meditate? My friend, there are two paths through this world, the path of knowledge and the path of action. You will not attain enlightenment by renouncing action and indeed you would find that it is impossible. To live out this material existence, we have to act just to keep ourselves alive. The question is how to act rightly. Right action is that which is performed without selfish attachment to the outcome. Sacrifice offered to sustain the gods and to maintain order in the world is right action, not when it greedily grasps after rewards. Through right action, gods and mortals nourish one another and the world is held together. Remember, action carried out in a true spirit is the most perfect possible achievement. It is based upon renunciation, the divine self informs every selfless act. People who are caught up in delusion think they are sole authors of their actions and of the consequences. So they are proud of their success and suffer shame or guilt when their efforts fail. But the workings of cause and effect are infinitely complex beyond the scope of human understanding. Part of the eternal cosmic dance in which every atom mirrors every other, unknowable and inexpressible. Arjuna can hardly concentrate on Krishna's words, he is preoccupied by the enemy drawn up in front of him. Krishna, what impels a man to do evil even when he receives the best advice? Even though he understands what is right as if some hidden force is pushing him. It is desire and anger. These attachments that cast a screen of smoke over the world. Desire is the root, giving rise to anger. These are the age-old enemies of wisdom. The clamorous senses must be grappled with. The mind must be brought under one's control. Beyond the workings of the mind is wisdom, grounded in awareness of the infinite. This is my yoga, the eternal way I have taught since the human race began. Arjuna is surprised and mystified, but Krishna I knew when you were born, what do you mean since the human race? I have passed through many lives as you have, but I remember them and you do not. I am the changeless and eternal self sufficient, never born, never dying. Yet I take on a material form whenever the world is in need of me to protect the good and destroy evil. I have no personal need to act, and yet I act, to set the world the right example, a bulwark against ruin and anarchy. The spirit, the ultimate reality that pervades the cosmos, is impersonal. You should know I am its embodiment. Act and dedicate your actions to me. Those who truly devote themselves to me in whatever way will be released from the relentless wheel of birth and death. You need to understand what is action and what is non-action. It is not obvious. Action can reside in non-action and non-action can underlie action. Everything depends on the state of mind. If a person is bound up attached to the outcome of their action, then that actions consequences like a burr will stick to them through this life and beyond determining the nature of their rebirth that is the unshakable law of karma but those who do not grasp after results who treat success and failure as the same are always satisfied although they act they are really doing nothing like a boatman rowing with the current at his ease their actions do not stick to them because they are free of yearning for results in acting this way they are engaged in one variety of sacrifice offering up their actions with simplicity relinquishing all doubt and ignorance krishna says arjuna a he praising action and the relinquishment of acts i'm confused which of these is better both of these can lead to liberation right action is the better course and yet essentially they are not alternatives through either one carried out sincerely one can attain the benefits of both Indifferent to the fruits that follow action, those whose actions spring from the right spirit are renouncers, since they have relinquished attachment to everything impermanent, seeing that these things bring no real delight. Such rare people see the eternal self everywhere, see themselves in all creatures and all creatures in themselves, for Brahman is one and the same in everything. They radiate joy, exude peace and love. Knowing me is their true companion. Understanding this is everything and spiritual discipline, yoga, is the key. I shall tell you what yoga is. Yoga is austere but temperate. It is not for the glutton, Arjuna, but neither does it mean self-starvation. It is not for one who lies in bed till noon, nor does it require sleep deprivation. The disciplined mind is calm, as unswerving as a lighted candle, in a sheltered place. Not identified with suffering, it is not shaken even by great sorrow. That is what yoga means, yoking oneself to true understanding, equanimity that faces pain and pleasure evenly. That unswerving calm you speak of, Krishna, seems to me impossible to attain, since the mind is obstinate and fickle, scattered by impulses as leaves by the wind. Without a doubt, the mind is most unruly, yet by patient practice, by constant effort, it can be reigned under one's control. But what happens to one who tries sincerely to follow the path of discipline yet fails? When they die, is all their effort lost disintegrating like a tattered cloud? No, Arjuna, no one is destroyed who struggles to do good. They are reborn, sustained by their efforts in previous lives, into a family which will support their further progress on the path to freedom. Sanjaya continues to repeat Krishna's profound teaching. Krishna says, Now I shall tell you how, by practicing discipline, counting me as your refuge, you shall know me fully, without reserve. For all that exists is suspended on me like jewels on a necklace. I am everywhere i am the essence of everything that is the cosmos is sustained by my energy i am the deathless radiance of the sun the heat of fire the soft gleam of the moon i am the taste in water son of kunti i am om the sacred syllable i am the roar of the wind the manhood of men i am the pure fragrance of the earth i am the life in all life that exists I am the discipline in holy men, I am the eternal seed in all creatures, I am the intelligent in the intelligent, I am the brilliance in the brilliant, I am the strength of the strong, devoid of passion. I am the desire which is not self-seeking. All states of being are from me alone, facets of my all creative nature. The world is caught up by appearances dazzled by their infinite variety snared by illusion endlessly distracted and one does not recognize me the eternal principle that connects the humblest flower to the grandeur of the constellations it is hard to penetrate appearance only those who seek me pass beyond it evildoers do not turn to me but those in distress those who long for knowledge for the purposeful and those who pursue wisdom All these seek me out and share in me. The afflicted world, bewildered by craving, is blind to me, who am unborn eternal. But there are few liberated souls who know me and devote themselves to me. Beings are born into delusion, vision skewed by hatred and self-centered desire. But those who strive through me for liberation, even as they draw their final breath, know me as Brahman. The absolute at last. Arjuna says, please explain these matters. Say more about action, about Brahman. Tell me what is the true nature of beings? How at the point of death can one know you? Brahman is the ultimate reality. The indestructible, unchanging self. It is the inherent nature of every being, neither existent nor non-existent. It supports all, it seems to have all senses, yet is free of the senses, unattached. Outside and inside, moving and unmoving, distant yet near, destroyer and creator, it inhabits every human heart. Action is the cosmic energy that brings every creature into existence. From material nature there arise three modes of being. Purity, passion, dullness. There is no creature in heaven or earth free of these constituents, part of their nature. They have diverse effects, swaying a person this way and that. Only through detachment can that person arrive at peace and balance. The state of mind that comes from purity based on clear understanding of the self seems bleak initially. But as it grows it reveals itself as a precious nectar. The happiness that is based on passion springs from sensual delight. At first it seems like nectar, but later it turns out to be a bitter poison. The happiness arising out of such negligence and sloth is a dull state, lacking in energy, a state that comes from settling for less. A person achieves perfection by doing their own work in a spirit of dedication. Better to perform one's own work poorly than to do well the work of someone else, for every human enterprise is clouded by shortcomings, as fire is by smoke. No one can go wrong if they are working according to their station and their nature, though acting in the world they surrender every act to me and through my grace gain the eternal imperishable home. But for those encumbered by desire, consumed by appetite, which knows no limits, the world is empty. There is no sacredness, only the frantic scramble after gain. They tell themselves how great they are, success is measured by their piled-up treasuries. They despise the weak, fawn on the powerful, grasping, grabbing, pushing, trusting no one. Such people are reborn in degradation, the gateway to the ruin of the soul is built of lust, of anger and of greed as cosmic day and night succeed each other helpless creatures take shape constantly and continually dissolve perishing to be reborn when day comes round again impartially i witness the endless cycle but those who as they die think of me become part of me be sure of that such people have gone beyond rebirth, casting off the body, closing the doors of all the senses, focusing the mind on the breath, pronouncing "Om," oh. ever absorbed in thought of the divine. What they think, they become. Therefore, Arjuna, think of me always and take up your bow. All this time, with the vision Vyasa gave him, Sanjaya witnesses each precious word of Krishna's great address to Arjuna. He has already recognized that Krishna is a divine avatar, and now he hears his teaching with wonderment and joy. What he is hearing nourishes his devotion. Sanjaya continues, Now, open-hearted Arjuna, says Krishna. I will reveal further secret knowledge and wisdom which will shelter you from harm, wisdom rooted in direct experience. Those who turn away from this remain shackled to the wheel of birth and death. In my unmanifest form, I pervade everything that is, yet I am greater than all appearances, for my spirit is the source of all beings and sustains them. All creation manifests the divine. When I take human form, only a few recognize me and worship me with love. I am the father of the world, the mother, the great maintainer, the sacred hymn. I am the goal, the lord, the upholder, the witness, the imperishable seed. I am the home, the refuge and the friend, the origin, support and dissolution. Those who devote themselves to other gods really worship me, for I am the object of all devotion, though they do not know me. I am disinterested towards all, I feel no partiality, no aversion, but those who truly devote themselves to me are in me, and I am with them always. Offer to me everything you do, the food you eat, the help you give a stranger, your daily routine, even your suffering. I accept every gift with gladness, a humble soul may offer me a leaf with love in their heart, and I will welcome it. Whoever depends on me, however low, however ignorant, without distinction of race or gender or community, shall attain freedom. How much more then should Brahmins and the highborn come to me? Devote yourself to me with discipline and you will rest in me, your final goal. All virtuous qualities have their roots in me, springing from the one transcendent reality understanding knowledge freedom from confusion patience truth self-control calmness fearlessness non-violence fairness generosity all estates that come from me alone those who know this are unshakable in their disciplined devotion their lives are given up to me and i grant them concentration i dispel the darkness of ignorance with the light of knowledge arjuna embraces krishna's feet I have heard wise seers acknowledge you and call you Brahman, the eternal self. And now you are telling me the same. I do not disbelieve your words, and yet this knowledge seems remote to me. Please tell me all the forms in which you are manifest, so I can know how to meditate on you. Best of persons, I love to hear you speak. You should understand. I am everywhere, but I shall tell you the most important forms by which you can know me. I am the spirit seated in the heart of every creature I am the death that carries all away and I am the life of everything to come I am the beginning middle end of female qualities I am wisdom constancy prosperity and patience of the deities I am Vishnu I am Rama I am Shiva I am Skanda, god of war, of mountains, I am Meru, of waters, the ocean, of wild animals, the lion. Imagine the greatest and the most essential form of any class of beings. I am that, Arjuna. Whatever is endowed with grace and splendour, strength and vigour, springs from a fragment of me. But what use are all these details to you? In... What use are all these details to you? Enough for you to know that with a mere fraction of myself, I support the cosmos. This supreme mystery you have taught me, says Arjuna. Your discourse on the self has cleared the fog of my bewilderment, but words themselves cannot convey the mystery of the ineffable. I long to witness your divinity, to see for myself what you have described. Great lord of all creation, I beg you, if you think me capable of seeing it, show me your divine manifestation. I will show you my hundred thousand forms, their colors, shapes and infinite variety. I will show you the universe in my body. But to look at this with human eyes would destroy you instantly, utterly. I will give you supernatural sight. Now, behold my divine power. Arjuna is astounded, shivering, bent in awe before the divine being. He struggles to shape his vision into words not to be engulfed by insanity. Ah, Krishna, your supreme form fills the world with many gaping mouths and staring eyes, with countless ornaments more beautiful than any seen on Earth, with garlands, robes, a million arms wielding divine weapons, dazzling as if the light of a thousand suns were blazing all at once. The divine form faces in all directions, stretching out to infinity. The whole universe is concentrated by magnetic force in the person of the god of the gods. I can see, I can see all gods contained within your body. O oh, boundless, without end, without beginning, your innumerable arms, insatiable bellies, all of your terrible appearances, crown, mace, discus, a dazzling mass of light, fiery brilliance, O oh, resting place of the universe. Lord, guardian of law. hosts of gods enter you in procession with folded hands adoring singing hymns praising your celestial sweetness i see you stretch between sky and earth lord i see your countless gaping mouths terrible with tusks lord i tremble faint with dizziness and fear now i am drawn to your glowing eyes i reel in terror and rapture i'm like a speck of dust before you powerless and storm-tossed Now I can see Dhritarashtra's sons, with Bhishma, Drona, Kana, and many of our foremost warriors too, all sucked towards your fearful flame-licked mouths, jagged with fangs, summer impaled. Oh, their heads crushed to pulp. As moths fly heedless and headlong into flames and are destroyed, so are these heroes rushed to their deaths, pouring in thousands into the flaming moor. Oh, the devouring flames, the blood, surely it is the end of everything. Tell me, terrible being, who you are. O oh, supreme God, have mercy. I am time, destroyer of worlds. Even before you act, all these warriors, rank upon rank, and the opposing armies are already dead. I have destroyed them from the perspective of eternal time, the everlasting present. Those men you see lined up, eager for battle, full of the vigor of their youth and strength, are dead already. The bodies which have known cold and heat, pleasure and suffering, already carry death and decomposition in their bones. The Pandavas will be victorious. Now rise up, hero. Be my instrument. Arjuna's limbs tremble in fear. "'He cries, praise a thousand times, praise to you. "'You are all gods, the wind, the god of death, "'Agni, the fire, Varuna, the sea god, "'mighty and imperishable, Vishnu, "'unceasing homage to you, supreme being. "'Forgive me for the times I treated you "'as my old friend and my dear companion and spoke rashly, casually, perhaps. "'I knew no better. "'I was ignorant. "'Forgive me, Lord.' As a father, would his son, as devoted friends forgive each other, or a lover, her beloved? I rejoice that I have seen what was never seen before, but my heart quakes with terror, I beg you. Return to your familiar form. What I have just shown you, says Krishna, his human self again, could not be shown even to the most extreme renouncer. Due to the love between us, you have seen it. Have no more fear. Now I am the friend you know. Arjuna breathes more freely. Now I see you in your beloved, gentle, human shape. My heart is beating steadily again. Thinking of me, Arjuna, you will transcend all obstacles. If out of egotism you think, I will not fight. It will be pointless. Your nature will impel you. You will do precisely what you are trying to avoid. My dear friend, at the heart of all beings, the Lord stands still, moving them with his power. Turn to him with all your soul and no peace. This is the mystery of mysteries that I have taught you. Consider it an act. I am the love that fills the universe and you are my beloved, Arjuna. My final word is this. Fix your mind on me. Worship me with sincere and devoted love. Dedicate your acts to me. I promise that I shall release you from all evils. You must never repeat the sacred teaching to an audience unworthy of it, but whoever shares the supreme secret with the deserving shall be rewarded. People who learn this dialogue of ours and study it with faith and worship me will attain the blessed worlds of the righteous. Arjuna, have you listened to my words? And have your ignorant doubts been dispelled? Arjuna stands, Gandiva in hand. Krishna, they have. I have regained myself, so your grace I stand. My confusion is gone. I shall do my duty as you have shown me.